Sir Desmond Sterling in Dread Rock's Holiday, Part 7 My blood ran cold. How could the bounder know I was here? Perhaps he was bluffing, hoping to weasel me out of my hiding place. I held my breath and kept mum. No one could fault the Sterling nerve. I've had years of practice hiding in wardrobes when husbands have returned unexpectedly. I once had to spend an entire bank holiday weekend breathing silently under a double bed when a well-known MP decided to surprise the mistress we were inadvertently sharing and promptly developed the flu, which meant he never left the bed until the Tuesday when he was whipped back into the house to vote on Rhodesia. While I was reminiscing about these happy days, I failed to notice that two naked satanic disciples had appeared in front of me grabbed me by the elbows and were hauling me to meet their master. Nonchalance was my favourite tactic. It usually aggravates villains. Hello, old chap, I said breezily, having a shindig, are we? If I'd known, I would have brought a bottle and some twiglets. The Magus wrapped his velvet robe round him and stood right in front of me. Poor darling was only about five foot nothing, so his eyes were on a level with my nipples. I resisted the urge to squat down as one would with a child. We meet at last, said Desmond, he said. You have me at a disadvantage, sir, I replied, with some impressive raised eyebrow action, worthy of darling Roger Moore. My name is Cubit Polkinghorne. He waited for an awed gasp. I scratched my chin. Oh, the name rings a bell, I considered. No, 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 sorry, it's gone. Of course, I knew exactly who he was. I have the memory of an elephant half my age, but these self-aggrandizing little twerps are easily irked if you don't recognize them. I clicked my fingers. Of course, you're the cove who wrote the book about the history of Dread Rocks. Not a bad tone, bit dry. Needed more pictures, and I deplored the absence of an index. I am the world's leading authority on the history of Dread Rock's lighthouse, he told me, tragically proud of himself. Can't be much competition, I responded. Bokinghorn barked out a laugh. Au contraire, Sir Desmond. Dread Rock's lighthouse is a world-renowned focal point for the students of the Uncanny of which I consider myself one. So how come I'd never heard of the place until I decided to rent it? The little chap stood on his tippy toes so he could almost, but not quite, look me in the face. Because only I know its true purpose, he squeaked. He waited for me to ask. I contemplated not giving him the satisfaction, but damn it, I wanted to know. This precise location has long been a focal point for demonic forces. Even before it was a lighthouse, the rocks hosted rituals going back millennia. But it was such a dangerous part of the coast that many died even attempting to reach it. The power of the rocks was amplified by being steeped in blood. He licked his awful lips. Is it built on a hill mouth? I asked him. Not a mouth, but another part of the body. I shrugged. Pokinghorn sighed. Think of the shape. 
I tried to think which part of the body had a lantern at the tip. Then the penny dropped. Oh, a torture! Pokinghorn's eyes gleamed. Not a hellmouth, but what we scholars of the profane call a hell willy, where the forces of damnation thrust their way out into the world. You won on me, I said, mentally filing it away for a future bestseller. I could do with the new roles. As a young man, I worked as a lighthouse keeper. My fellow keepers were weak and succumbed to the demonic forces which swirl here. But I... Here he thumped his chest just in case I didn't realise he was babbling about himself. I studied them and learned to resist and then control the whirlpool of evil eddies which bubble round dread rocks. He dribbled a little as he got excited. No breeding these iniquitous coves. Who is Evil Eddie? I asked, amusingly. Not a snigger. No sense of humour the wicked, I find. Your presence on Dread Rocks has been meticulously planned by myself from day one. The little squirt continued. I am... He squinted at me through piggy eyes. Why did you choose Dread Rocks Lighthouse as your bolt hole from the virus? I sent my mind back. Well, I had a brochure through the post. Most fortuitous. My words trailed away as the implications hit me. Pokinghorn smirked. And you have gratifyingly behaved according to my plan. You even caught the suicide porpoise, who nobly sacrificed his life to give you food poisoning. Frightful palaver just to get my autograph, I quipped. Like all great heroes, facing death greatly hones my wit. Oh, we want more than that from you. The tiny Satanist chuckled. You have been a blight on the necromantic world for too long, said Desmond Sterling, mocking us in your tawdry books or foiling the plans of my fellow sorcerers. I bowed my head graciously. This reminds me of when I was on This Is Your Life. Darling Eamon Andrews, completely starkless, only the big red book hiding his orchestras from the viewing millions, nabbed me mid-game of badminton and my sadly short-lived nudist club, Hampton Uncourt. Enough of this inane babble. The little twerk clapped his hands. It is time. Old Jethro and another of the acolytes grabbed me, while the old deer from the tobacconist removed my sou'wester. I say, I began to protest, but the two minions picked me up and dumped me onto the altar like a large cod on a fishmonger's slab. My legs were held down while the Wellingtons were removed. The joke is over now, I said firmly. Release me, you scoundrel, or there will be hell to pay. Pokinghorn laughed, a horrid, mirthless noise. Oh, hell will be paid, in full. By you, Sir Desmond Sterling, for your crimes against diabolism. I was beginning to feel a tad worried now. And how exactly am I to repay this debt? Pokinghorn lifted the knife above his head. With your still beating heart. My finely tuned mind started to race. Not a Guardian reader then. They claimed I didn't have one. How the dick Francis was I going to get out of this mess, I wondered to myself. Tell me, I asked hurriedly, brain churning over with potential schemes. 
I've had a good life. Sold millions of books, made love to many beautiful women, quaffed enough booze to flood a small village in a French valley. But don't let me die without the answer to one simple question. Pokinghorn held the knife still and stared at me suspiciously. Which is? I pointed at old Jethro. What's with the gills? Cubit Pokinghorn shrugged. Centuries of inbreeding, probably. Old Jethro comes from a long line of genetic oddities, even by local standards. Useful, though. He tousled old Jethro's hair. My very own conga eel. He raised the knife again. Hang on, old chap, I interrupted again. What about the ghostly galleon? A mere leisure domain. A touch of phantasmagoria to chill your blood. Such tricks are mere bagatelles to a master sorcerer such as I. And the diving suit? Pokinghorn's eyes narrowed. What diving suit? The empty diving suit. That chased me to the top of the lighthouse without a soul inside it. Very impressive, I have to say. I did my hat to you. I know nothing of any diving suit. Bogginghorn said, you imagined it. That poisoned porpoise was more potent than I thought. Are you telling me the diving suit was nothing to do with you? This was rum. Stop prevaricating, Sir Desmond, the tiny devil worshipper said. It is time for your agonising sacrifice. And he raised that blasted knife into the air again, its evil-looking tip on a direct trajectory with a sterling ticker. Well, if you, if you didn't send that diving suit, who did? I blustered. I wasn't just playing for time. This was a mystery I wanted solving before conking out. Pokinghorn ignored me, and muttering the usual Latin nonsense under his breath, clutched that dratted blade closer. Hypnotised by the glint of its lethal point, I was powerless as the knife began its downward path to my oblivion. Sir Desmond Sterling in Dread Rock's Holiday was written and performed by Anthony Keach.